Welcome to the Plymouth Meeting Church Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We hope the following message touches your hearts and minds. Well, in the history of Plymouth Meeting Church, we just started a new chapter. We just turned turned over into a new chapter. This, this past Tuesday, we had a ministry council restructuring meeting. And uh, for those who are unaware... Uh, even though we're, we're like today in, in attendance, our, our congregation, you know, the, the corporate church, we vote for our, our leaders. And then our, our leaders meet up and they are the team that, that helps to, to make decisions and, and any policy that we make grows out of that, that team. And our ministry council, our, our team of leaders, um, they, they help govern and, and oversee the church. And this past Tuesday... We had our first meeting of the year. We have a handful of new leaders, brand new leaders on, on the team. So we gathered. We had like a, a nice orientation evening. Um, I'm here to announce that uh, Sherry Murphy is our new ministry council president. Thank you, Sherry. And Sam Thornton is our vice president. So uh, we, we have new officers, new officers in place. And um, if you see people on ministry council, please uh, thank them for their service, but then also uh, ask them what what you can do to help them out. Uh, it is a time to praise God. A new ministry council, new leaders, it is a time to praise God. But also please keep ministry council and all of the commissions, our areas of ministry around Plymouth Meeting Church. Keep them in your prayers. We need your, your prayers. So, you know, in the life of Israel, for a long period of, of time, Israel didn't have a stable location of, of worship. They, they didn't have a, a permanent temple, public worship. Uh, David had it upon his heart, King David had it upon his heart to build a temple. He wanted to build the house of God. And as you know, the, the story, uh, that didn't fall into David's lap. That actually went to his son Solomon. Solomon was the one who got to build the temple. And so when, when the temple was completed, that was a big moment in Israel's history. It was a start of a new chapter. And there was this public, massive ceremony going on. And it was a pretty big deal. No more are they a wandering people group. They have a permanent sanctuary. And so in 1 Kings chapter 8, the, the author of Kings tells us that the city is packed full of people, Jerusalem. There's countless people, and they're doing sacrifices, animal sacrifices. In fact, the author says it's too many to count. It is such a big day. And then the Ark of the Covenant, the Ark of God is brought into the temple by the priests, and they, they, they're carrying it in. They leave it there. And as they, as, as they exit, God's glory cloud fills the temple. And then outside, Solomon, King Solomon is there, and he blesses the people. And he prays this really big prayer of dedication. That's mostly what uh, chapter 8 is about here. Solomon, he kneels down, and with his hands spread towards the sky, he just prays this, this powerful prayer. He prays for grace and mercy and forgiveness. He prays that God would be the center of all things in the life of Israel. And then after the, the prayers, Solomon, he, he gets up off of his knees, 
He's not done yet. He wants to bless the people of Israel. He wants to bless, give this benediction to the whole assembly there. And it is here in this blessing by King Solomon spoken a long, long time ago. It is here where we are going to use his words to develop a six-point framework that's going to teach us how we can pray for our church. Certainly there's multiple ways to pray. There's many of items uh, we can use to, to pray, different things to think about, different approaches, different concepts to consider. Today we're going to consider uh, Solomon's words, how, how we can pray for our church. As we enter into a new chapter of Plymouth Meeting Church, let's take a look at this benediction. These are good words that can shape our prayer life. And so first, the first thing to point out here is that King Solomon, he, he roots this blessing in praise. Solomon, he stands up and he, he blesses the people. He says, Israel, you know, that the whole assembly of Israel, he's talking to them here. He says, praise be to the Lord, or blessed be Yahweh. Okay? When this phrase is uh, stated in the Old Testament, often what follows is uh, an action, something that God has done. Blessed be Yahweh because he did this. He did an amazing Today, we say praise the Lord, sometimes even just PTL, right? Praise the Lord who has given rest to his people, Israel. So our first point, our first thing to consider today is that praise God, he's the giver of rest. Again, this is a, a time of historical importance in the story of Israel. They are a nation, they have their own land, they have a permanent temple now. And Solomon is recognizing this is a moment of rest. So perhaps he's thinking historically back to the days of, of Joshua when there's battles to face, there's enemies on every side, there's land to take possession of. The big point is this. Solomon sees that this is a moment of God-given rest. The context is Israel is settled now. And so when God situates us, that is a moment to celebrate and praise God. When we go from rootless to rooted, when we go from being pioneers to settlers, that is a time to praise God. When God settles something for us, absolutely use that. It's just a time to hit the pause button and praise God. And so, for example... In our own life, in the life of our church, a few months ago, we didn't know who was going to be on our new ministry council, but now we do. Praise God, he has given us rest. He has situated us. And so there's, there's more. Solomon, he, he links this rest to the promises of, of God. In verse 56, praise be to the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel, just as he promised. Not one word has failed of all the good promises he gave through his servant Moses. And so our second point to consider is praise God, who is the keeper of promises. God's words never fail. God is a faithful God. So perhaps 
Something you can do in your own uh, private study is, is to sit down with your Bible and, and trace out this theme, the faithfulness of God. Trace out that theme throughout the entire Bible. And then come tell us what you found. God is a faithful God. He is faithful. He, he keeps His promises. Now today, we are the recipients of the promises made in Christ. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, For no matter how many promises that have been made, they are all yes in Christ. And Christ says in Matthew chapter 11, Come to me, all you are burdened and weary. I will give you rest. Jesus is our rest. He is the best rest we can get. You can count on that. Come to Jesus. He is our rest. And so Solomon is recognizing Israel is established. They have a permanent temple. Today, you can rest in the fact that you have a permanent Jesus. Jesus is our rest. And he keeps his promises. Jesus is with us. God with us. Emmanuel. Solomon says next, may the Lord our God be with us. As he was with our ancestors, may he never leave us nor forsake us. So our third point is praise God. He is present. Solomon asks for God's presence. And again, he uses history. Um, you know, he, he points back to his ancestors. We have these stories of God who was with our ancestors. I want to draw from Exodus 3. The burning bush chapter. When God calls Moses, he says in verse 12, I will be with you. I'm going to be with you, Moses. God gives him his presence. I'm going to be with you, Moses. And then another thing that stands out in Exodus chapter 3 is that God attaches himself to his people. God says, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. God attaches himself to his people. God wants to be known in this family context. He is with his people. And then similar to what was spoken to Joshua, Solomon borrows that, that language. Please, Lord, don't leave us. Do not forsake us. So asking for God's presence, that is an important prayer that all of us can make. You know, often when I, when I pray... I'm like you. Sometimes I don't know what to pray for. But something that I fall back to is like, God, be with us. I ask for God's presence, his, his transcending peace, his, his strength, that, that just, just his presence, the, the, the glow, the, the, the stuff we can't really explain, but there's just like a strength. There's an inner strengthening that, that comes from God's presence. It's like, that's what I pray for. Sometimes I, I sing the, the Christmas carol away in a manger. There, there's just one little line. Be near me, Lord Jesus. I ask thee to stay or pray. It, it, I, it, it makes sense in my head. But like there, there's something there, like that Christmas song. It's like, be near me, Lord Jesus. Be near me, Lord Jesus. I forget how it actually goes. But, but the, 
the essence is there. And that's what I'm that's what I'm praying for. God knows what I'm feeling. God knows what I'm praying for. Be near me, Lord Jesus. Be near me, Lord Jesus. Asking for God's presence. Because there are situations that are hard and complex and we don't have the answers for. There's not really anything we can really do. It's in God's hands and we ask for God to show up. So next, our our fourth point. Praise God, who is the turner of hearts. May he turn our hearts, Solomon says to him, to walk in obedience to him and keep the commands, decrees, and laws he gave our ancestors. And so as we praise our promise-keeping God, who gives us rest and who is personally with us, we can also pray that God would just continue to turn lives around. Convert, transform, regenerate, make brand new. Solomon does not know the new covenant, okay, that's ratified by Jesus' blood. He, he doesn't know the intimacy of the Holy Spirit the way we do. But in his wisdom, Solomon recognizes that all of this, uh, it, it operates on the heart level. That if Israel is going to walk this stuff out with God, then Israel's hearts need to turn. As we praise God and pray for Plymouth Meeting Church, we pray that God would keep turning hearts, that God would keep changing lives. It's, it's in our name, uh, Evangelical Congregational Church. Like, like we align with this historical movement called evangelicalism. Like this is a big part of who we are. It's in our DNA. We want God to change hearts. Okay, we're allergic to cold, dead religion. We want the fire. We want the real Jesus. We want the biblical Jesus. Okay, we are like the historical Jesus who lived, who died, who rose again, who ascended. That's our Jesus. We want people to meet him. We believe that Jesus can change hearts. So please, God, move in our midst and turn lives around. And so when you pray for Plymouth Meeting Church, pray that God would just continue himself to meet people at their heart language, at their heart level, speak in their heart language, that they would have a heart level desire to follow hard after God, to to throw away idols. Pray that Jesus would make himself real to us. And then Solomon continues. He asks for a listening ear. And so it's a big request. And may these words of mine, which I have prayed before the Lord, be near to the Lord our God day and night, that he may uphold the cause of his servant and the cause of his people Israel according to each day's need, so that all the peoples of the earth may know that the Lord is God and that there is no other. And I'll admit, like, initial reading of that, like, Bible reading, those are words that just go in and out. And just, you know, you, you, just, you just read right through. But slowing down here, this is a huge request. He wants his prayers to be near God day and night. This is a, a wild request. I've never even considered asking God for something like this. He's asking that his prayers would stand for all time. Okay, talk about a big prayer. 
His prayers of grace and mercy and forgiveness. You'll have to go back and read the whole chapter of 1 Kings chapter 8. May they be near God for all time. May he uphold the calls of his people. May he give us help each day. And so our fifth point is praise God who is the provider of daily help and the builder of the kingdom. Pray that God would daily help Plymouth Meeting Church so that he would uphold the cause of his mission so that the earth may know who God is. To know Christ and make him known, we say. To raise up healthy believers and to proclaim Christ to a hurting world, we say. Uphold the cause of Plymouth Meaning Church so that the world can know about Jesus. And also build your kingdom. God is the builder of his kingdom. And he uses us to extend the kingdom. And I agree with Solomon that we are going to need daily help every single day from God. And then finally, our, our sixth point comes from verse 61. And may your hearts be fully committed to the Lord our God to live by his decrees and obey his commands as at this time. So for us in the life of Plymouth Meeting Church, the request here is that Plymouth Meeting Church would be fully committed to God. In other words, we want Plymouth Meeting Church to have holy and whole hearts. So there there is a call to holiness, a, a call to sanctification. Praise God who is the giver of transformative grace. Because what Solomon is saying here, when he, in the NIV it says hearts that may be fully committed. The idea behind that is to have a whole heart. Which means we need to have a transformed heart. And God is the one who transforms us. We, need a, we, we want to pray that Plymouth Meeting Church can be a Jesus-shaped church. A church who follows Jesus, a church with fully committed hearts. And Solomon's words here in verse 61, they actually just remind me of the Great Commission. You know, let's be committed to the Lord, let's make disciples, and let's live by the commands and the teachings that he taught us. But here's the secret. In order to live out verse 61, we can't do that without verse 58. Which means we we need God to turn our hearts so that we can be whole and fully committed. That is why we praise God, who is the provider, the giver of transformative grace. So that we can go out and do what we're supposed to be doing. Making disciples, who make disciples of all nations. And so pray that Plymouth Meeting Church, that we would not dare to do anything out of our own strength. But we are a group of transformed humans, and we continue to grow together and we go together in the name of Jesus. And so here at the end, may we as Plymouth Meeting Church continue to be a church that praises God. Some of our old adventures are are done. We have some new adventures that are, are starting, but in our current time right now, the rest that we've been giving. Let's honor that rest and praise God. May Plymouth Meeting Church be rooted in the promises of God. May we know that our true rest is found in Jesus. May the people 
call it Plymouth Meeting Church, find that rest in Jesus, to be, to be held in the arms of Jesus, the, the, the hands that created all things. I mean, Plymouth Meeting Church, seek after the presence of God. You know, God doesn't owe us anything, but by His grace, we get to go be with God. Our God who attaches Himself to us. And as we enjoy the presence of God, may our, our hearts be open, ready to listen. May we be near our God who turns lives around, who untangles our tangles, who irons out our wrinkles. That's our God. May God give us daily help as he sends us out on his mission. To reach the world for Christ. May we be bold. Let's ask for clarity. To be brave. To seek out what healthy kids ministry looks like. What, what biblical manhood, biblical womanhood looks like. What kind of ministry needs should we be investing in. What needs in our community need to be met. Are there any issues locally that we should be tackling as a, as a Bible-believing church? May Plymouth Meeting Church be fully committed, holy and whole, chasing after Jesus. May we continue to praise God and pray for our church, our denomination, and all our brothers and sisters around the world.